episode 45 of Book Off Banter. This episode, we wanted to share some of the training tips that Krista managed to get from some incredible names. Like, honestly, I'm, I feel like how she know all these things, people are totally <laughs> starstruck just knowing her now. Um, so we're going to cover those. But first of all, we are going to have a quick chat about our news. Everybody without fail wants to know about the pink jacket, Krista. Uh, I purchased it. It's here. I have it. Oh my god! I love need it. to. I do love it, but and it fits right. It fits, but it's at that that like that precipice of fittage where any bulging is apparent, but it fits. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I need to drop it like like maybe three quarters of a stone. I'm gonna have to. I can't go out looking like I don't know. I don't know what I look. I sort of. I don't know what I would look like, but bulgy. I don't know, like a caterpillar. I bought it but I'm refusing to post any pictures of me wearing it until such time as I no longer look like a caterpillar Um, I will say that if you're feeling caterpillar like the armpits I would say of animals are fairly weak because I wore my last animal when (laughs) clearly I should have moved up to the size above but I didn't want to because I mean you have to sell your liver to buy one Um, yeah and the armpits of said animal gave the, just gave up. I, I, I want to say something a bit controversial here now. I mean, I have jackets from other brands that I would say are more substantial in their manufacturing, which I realise is a very dangerous thing to say. I love my animal jackets, it's beautiful. But it's for those skinny, beautiful people doing yeah. the Global Champions Tour. Let's just be honest. It's not for, like, you know, me. I think I'm you need, of... like, a blonde ponytail that reaches your belt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you need to be able to like finish a really good round and eat a massive thing of cheesy chips yeah. and still have absolutely no fear that you, you are not going to look like a caterpillar in your animal. You're, yeah. You're not going to bother your animal clothing whatsoever. Yeah. No, but you see like there are just, there are other brands that are a little more generous I find. Mm. Uh, and also the other thing with the animals is because they're, you know, designed for the skinny, beautiful people of which I am clearly very much not one. Um, I just find the sizing is on the downside, you know, like, oh, it's a size 10, which to Animo probably means that you're a fat fucker for a start. They're, you know, they're selling size zero or size two. That's their, you know, that's their, that's their market. They were the skinny, beautiful people are the ones that they want. So they probably had to like specially make this size 10 jacket for like people like me. Um, and then they made it more like a size eight so that there was like a little bit of fat shaming happening. So like, I'm going to get sued now. <laughs> Honestly, but anyway, I you know, it is lovely. Really and maybe it'll be an incentive to, and be an incentive to, um, to diet, maybe. Well, currently, I just, I'm going to have to try and persuade the new, bigger animal to not go the same way as the old animal, because I am really struggling to, like, get back down to... You look amazing. No, you look amazing. I'm, I'm so no one else can see you except me, and I sound like I'm, I'm like, I'm like hitting on you here, obviously, but um, you look amazing. You really do. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if not, why not? <laughs> you look great. Yeah, you look great. Um, honestly, I'm I am really struggling, and it's just it's this. Basically, anybody that sees me at Western Lawns expect me to have no armpits in my jackets, and you're going to know why. But you know what? Ventilation. Yeah. When I'm sweating. Ventilation. Yeah, you see, that's a thing, isn't it? You get to this age, and you've had children, and you just you know, it's a thing. You sweat more than you used to. We just do. So exactly. maybe it's a positive. Yeah. I'll why? Why? Air conditioning in. As I'm like waving. <laughs> I'm anyway, I'm like, go on. I'm flapping my arms. Um, why do they have zip-up sleeves? You know, the, you know the cuff part? 
Is that for if you want to put a really massive fucking Rolex on and you can't fit it up your sleeve? Is well, that what that's for? I think so. Because oh, the yeah. beautiful that people. Makes, or when you win the long jeans watches. There you go. You need zip up animo sleeves so you can get your yeah. long jeans watch on. Ah, that's it. The beautiful people with the blonde ponytails, 100% also yeah. have Rolex. Fancy, yeah, the fancy watches. That must be what that's for. I didn't think that through before. I anyway. think maybe we should have we should have rethought the animal. Uh, yeah, but you know, I, I love pink. Like, and it's although, I, as I said before, I like going to shows in muted tones because I find you fade from people's memory more quickly if you're in a sort of blue or a tweed. Um, but I love pink, and I couldn't pass up the opportunity to buy something that was allegedly in my size um, and very much in my favourite colour. So let it be an incentive for me to um, continue morphing towards becoming one of the skinny beautiful people maybe when I'm like 80 and all my teeth have fallen out I don't know I, I look really good doing, yeah nil by mouth doing cross pole classes on uh, on something I can't fall off yeah in my animal I look good do you know what? I'm so so pleased you bought it you needed that I, did, I didn't tell my husband I couldn't tell my husband he'd be like are you kidding me like can you stop spending money on your poxy fucking horses and like now you need a pink jacket the only just, problem uh, with the pink jacket is surely that's going to be quite hard to hide he i have a special cupboard yeah it was well, totally narnia um and it has all my like it's a wardrobe with like drawers underneath it and so the competition pads and stuff go in the drawers and then the fan the jackets and the britches and the sh- everything just goes in the cupboard and he doesn't go in it. He doesn't go in it. I think he does it from self-preservation. I think he yeah. knows if he goes near it, he's going to start totting up and he doesn't want to do it to himself. So yeah. he doesn't go near that that cupboard. He, he doesn't want to go to Narnia. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't like that kind of Narnia at all. He's, he doesn't like <laughs> the land of sheepskin and Demonte. <laughs> he doesn't like that. He doesn't like, you know, instead of Aslan, we'd have like Animo. <laughs> Animo the lion. He doesn't want to know. So yes, anyway, I have it and uh, I will unveil it at some point when I'm less fat and more confident. There we go. I don't know when that could be. I might, I don't know if I'll ever achieve that Zenith, but I'll try. <laughs> but you have it and that's the most important thing. Yes. So what else have you been up to? Um, I went for a lesson last Friday. I took both my horses. Oh, sorry, both my horses. <laughs> two of my horses. Um, two, I took two older horses, and it was Ping's Ping's first trip away um, since the dressage disasters of last winter. And she was amazing. So the management system we have going with her at the minute seems to be working really well. She rode at, like the best she's ever gone away from home ever in all time ever that I've had her. So I was thrilled with her, and she went through like a breeze through everything. So it was great. We just did a course of like counter poles and raised poles and we'll just try and gradually build up from there and see what's what's appropriate yeah but at the moment she's absolutely great uh bear was super um i jumped the biggest track i jumped on bear which was good and so the coach I giving it you know the coach was amazing coach was just like we're just gonna do this now and i was like fine so all my freshing and mooring was for nothing bear actually felt almost slightly like a different horse but that maybe as i said earlier she she hit a hexagonal pole and she hit it really hard she just jumped in a bit big and a bit scopy into a double um the coach's words were you can trust sometimes that there will be another stride so that'll tell you how we jumped in um and we <laughs> collected the top rail off the vertical on the way out and she just gave herself a wallop so she's got um she's got a little bit of a lump on her leg so we're just kind of looking after that but 
sometimes with a horse like her that's real brave like you can try and train that horse to wait and whatever and it they're not really you know they're so brave and they're so honest, they're not really listening to you and sometimes you know if they punch out a rail like that because they just weren't quick enough or careful enough you know it's not your fault it's not their fault and it I find yeah. that those those can be the things that they do learn from yeah they don't associate it with you or or, or any kind of anything and the rest of it she as I said she just felt like a different horse she felt like she was really jumping off her jump so rather than off her enthusiasm that was exciting and I've nearly finished waffling sorry and then I took Molly to her first show last Sunday I held my neck strap very tightly I was greatly encouraged when I saw there were a couple of event riders I know that were entered because I thought well if this all goes to hell in the handbasket they'll know what to do <laughs> so that was <laughs> they'll know the recovery that's what I like positive like attitude <laughs> Yeah, and I took like my second tier non-animo show gear. I use my everyday boots around the yard, my everyday helmet. And I just have like a, a, a oh, it's actually quite nice, but a very cheap, stretchy Dublin show jacket. And I bought, that was what I wore. That's my rig out. So I wasn't like, I didn't want to bring all my fancy shit in case I got booked off. Yeah. Um, do you know, like that really was my motivation. And so she didn't book me off at all. She was amazing. And I'm very excited because she did her, her the first test was a walk trot test. She stayed very relaxed, which was lovely. I haven't really had a young horse quite as chill, but you know, at its first show, she was great. Um, and she won her walk trot test. Now, obviously, there was only three, there were three people in it. So I mean, you know, it was competitive. It's competitive. <laughs> um, the third person sadly had to withdraw, but you know, that left, you know, a strong field of two. You don't tell um, people this. Well, I have to be honest. <laughs> and then and then we got all sevens for everything every single movement scored a seven and the judge was lovely and she said oh what a nice horse she was and I was like and I was delighted because I got booked off and I won I, I won by one and a half percent I won that's amazing no, that's the first I'm, show like I personally incredible. I feel like that's a huge achievement because yeah, you know is it Olympic, Olympics next Olympics next like all you people prepping for 2028 move out the way yeah um, pink jacket yeah. and Molly pink jacket and Molly yeah Molly's gonna do it um so I was thrilled with her her attitude was amazing and I could not have asked for more so the three horses were absolutely stupid this weekend so anyway oh. I finished waffling now please tell me how you are getting on I haven't got really that much news. Um, I wanted to tell everyone quickly about the goat. Someone tagged me in, actually a couple of people tagged me in this goat video um, where it's like a little Australian girl who was like, oh, there's a fucking goat outside the window. And her mum's like, a goat? And she's like, no, a fucking goat. And everyone was like, oh, you know, obviously that reminds me of you. So... I thought I'd give you an update because I've obviously forgotten about the fucking goats. Um, So what was the worst Mother's Day present ever, really, just got worse. The gift that kept on giving, this one? It was. It found a new way to kick you in the fairy. Um, So on um, Good Friday, so bank holiday, obviously, why wouldn't you? um, I had come out of hospital on the Tuesday night I think um the goat decided that it wasn't going to be very well that was the goat that headbutted the windows for fun and it wasn't concussion it was apparently kidney stones which apparently gelding goats I don't know what the word is for a gelding goat but we'll call it a gelding goat apparently they get kidney stones 
So there's something that you can put in their water, which stops them getting kidney stones, but apparently they don't like the stuff that you put in the water. So then they stop drinking the water, which will then give them kidney stones. So that was our vet's helpful advice, which I didn't find that helpful, to be honest, for a bank holiday call-out charge. Anyway, we gave him a load of painkillers, wrapped him in a blanket, and he croaked it by the next morning. So we then had to... Well, I lied to Henry and told him that the goat was too headbutty and had to go back to the farm that he came from. Every animal seems to return to a farm or go to a vet and then, because we're ridiculous and we don't just tell him the fucking truth. Anyway, so... Oh, no. No, I'm the flip side of that. I'm raising a psychopath and it's my own <laughs> fault. So I think I told you this before, you are yeah. way ahead of me. <laughs> so the goat went back to the goat farm in the sky. In the sky. And... Um, we now have to buy a new goat because the other goat is lonely. So I didn't want a goat. I didn't want, yeah, I didn't want goats. Then I got two. Then we got a 350 pound vet bill. Wow. For, for the goat. Shit. And now we have to buy a new goat. So if anybody can top that as a Mother's Day present, like, please. Let me know. You need to drop drop it off down at Nicholas. She was mad about she's mad about goats. She yeah. was all for it. You need to just go past to boot it out. See you. Hi Nicola. Here's a goat. That's what you need to do. That's so the little Aussie girl 100 percent had the right idea. Fucking goats. Yeah. And how how is it? Is it any tame more t- tamer? More tame the single goat? Well, that's at least it was the slightly tamer one that survived. The more feral one was the one that died. So that's miracles everywhere. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to look, you know, if there's a positive side of the goat situ, that would be, which there fucking isn't, let's be honest. That would be it. No. Um, What else have we done? In horsey news, I have started, I've gone a little bit AWOL. um, So (laughs) I wasn't really supposed to start jumping or doing cavaletti or anything with the boys. Carla said that she would do it with them. I think she was thinking she could lessen the damage. Like she would try and instill some sense into them before I just let them do what they want. And it all got a bit fucking agricultural. But anyway, she's gone to Northcote. So she isn't here for a week. And I got myself in a really like massive tears. And I was like, I I don't think I'll be able to do it anymore. I don't think I'm strong enough. And I'm never going to get ready. Like for, I'm never going to be ready for Western lawns in time. And I got in like a right flap. And what if I'd forgotten how to ride, like to even what I used to. Um, so I decided that I was just going to take it upon myself to put some cavalettis up, which with my Good. boys is the same as jumping because they greet everything with equal levels of enthusiasm if it involves a pole. Um, I, yeah, I have this with Bear as well. And actually, Pink, yeah, mine as well. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, it's a canterpole. It's not that exciting, but they yeah. are excited. And I suppose we should be glad about that. Oh, like literally, it was, it's like all the Christmases came at once. It's so nice, actually though. does this. Oh, Never weird. heard a horse make that noise, but that's like, he couldn't be happier when he sees a stick on the floor. Um, that's amazing. That's so cool. Unfortunately, the enthusiasm also means that. My, well, my back is crippled, and I think there's definite link to pancakes squealing and enthusiasm, and my crippled back <laughs> now. But um, yeah, so I start doing 
like little cavalettis and Manny, bless him, is part of this part of this my wanker of the week. But um, yeah, so when I put like a line of three cavaletti up, and Manny came down to it the first time, and I went through it, and I was like, there was another stride there, Manny. That's how. Yeah, I'll give you that the first time you were excited. But, you know, next time round, the fact I'm sitting right back in my saddle and holding as tight as I can should surely indicate to you that there is another stride. So we came down exact same stride again. I was like, okay, what else can I do to get through to you? There is another fucking stride there, Manny. And you could almost see him thinking, listen, here, if you wanted another fucking stride in there, buy yourself a show jumper. Don't buy an Aventa and expect <laughs> another stride in there. Yeah, yeah. If it's out, leave it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could yeah. see it was like it wasn't even a half stride. It was a legitimate full stride. And he was like, no, thank you. We don't need that stride. I was like, oh, how many times are we going to have to do this before we just fucking add the stride in, Lanny? We did eventually add. And he did it once and my I'm really guilty of like, see where Carla would make you do it a few times to make sure they've really got it. I'm really guilty if they've done it once. Yeah. Brilliant. Quick, let's get out of the arena before it goes wrong again. I'm Yeah, I think that's a, at home on your own, though. I think it's a bit of a thing. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm a bit like that as well myself. I'm like, that was fine. Don't, don't if it was a that. fluke, then I don't want to know it was a fluke. I'm yeah, ending on absolutely. a good note. Yeah. And that's yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> And how, like, how, how did you, were you comfortable, were you happy? How were you back in the groove? How did you feel? I actually felt not too bad. I got, my back is so sore. But um, on the horses, I felt like I honestly was worried they were just going to gallop away and I was never going to be able to pull them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't really feel like that. So that's really good, I suppose. And I felt... Do you feel better about the show? Yeah. Sorry, I'm I, interrupting you. Sorry. No, no. Yeah, I definitely... It was. I was really pleased I did it. Um, I might stop now with Pan and let Carla, like, sort him out because he is a little bit overexcitable about the whole affair. But I'm really pleased I did it. I don't regret doing it because I needed to just for my own head, like, I needed to know where I was at because I was just getting really stressed out. Um, yeah. So that's good. So, yeah, that's... I think that's all my news. Um, I have to, I would say a massive thank you to you as well, because when I was going through, you know, stage fucking 9000 or whatever massive panic attack I'm having at the minute about, you know, <laughs> moving a horse upper class. I mean, like, wow. Um, you were unbelievably kind and supportive. I just want to say a massive public thank you to you for being so, so, so decent um, and kind. It was much appreciated. Um, so, yeah, thank you. You're amazing. That's <laughs> that's no problem like you it's you just get in your head don't you I had that thing yeah a hundred percent the same as you like I had a thing about 110 and like people can say to you it's just one class or it's just in my head I was like bad things will happen when I step from discovery to newcomers bad things will happen you see that's what you helped me so much with that because I was I listened to what did I listen to? Oh, I listened to a thing online and it was like, you know, you just jump one fence at a time. We just said, I was just going to jump one fence at a time. And I'm like, I just doesn't really kind of fit in my head. But then when you were saying that with Pancake, that Carla had said to you, you cannot jump any smaller than this. And you were like, mm. fucking hell, I have to go and do this. And mm. you said that that first round was like awful. And, yeah. but it was great. It was good because it was awful. And then it was only going to be better. Like mm -hmm. that was exactly what happened to me on Friday. So like when I went for my lesson on Friday, I had an absolute bursting migraine and bear was rotten in season. 
and I cancelled the week before my lesson, which I never do ever, um, because I had one of the, I woke up with a migraine where I was like literally like puking and I couldn't see. And I, I actually I couldn't even drive the child to school. I was in such like, it doesn't happen often, but when it, when it does happen, it's bad. And I had to cancel the lesson and I just wasn't going to cancel it this week. So I was like, fine. So I took all the drugs and then I was a bit groggy or whatever. And because Bear was in season, you know, sometimes with mares, they just get a bit like when they get to a certain point of their cycle or when they're in season, usually when they're one of them having one of those really bad rip-roaring bitch cycles, they get yeah. that kind of like locked in nearly where they're not really listening, they're not really paying attention, they're not really in, they're going through the motions, but they don't really give a fuck. <laughs> and she was like that. And Elaine was like, God, she's just a little bit in her own little world today. And then obviously I was like clutching my forehead, trying not to puke. <laughs> and so when we jumped around and it was fine, it wasn't brilliant. The mare wasn't very careful and I didn't maybe ride her great. But when we put up the fences, I had this like mad five minutes where I just suddenly couldn't see a distance. I couldn't fucking ride a line. I couldn't, I didn't even know what I was doing, but it was fine because when I was getting, I could see I was going to have a problem. And so I stopped and I would have a minute circle combat. I had about five minutes of getting my shit together. And then I had got my shit together. And I was just remembering what you were saying with Pancake because like that was pretty well as bad as it gets for me. Yeah. And then it got way better. Yeah. And so it just, anyway, thank you. Because it really helped me. Because when you were saying like, you know, that was, it was bad and then with him then it got better after that yeah. that helped me a lot because like I said when it was shit for me on Friday I got it together then and then it wasn't shit and it, then it was really very good and actually she jumped some of the best she's ever jumped um so it's oh kind God, of quite, I need a turban as well you need a turban but like it's that it sounds really really like ridiculous to say it but when you're sat in that moment you're like this is as shit as it gets and it's yeah uh, but it's not actually that bad your shit is not that bad it's fine and so then you do something about it and then it's better so anyway, I've finished prattling, but thank you so much because it was you were, you were unbelievably um, supportive and helpful. And yeah, so thanks. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I think we all need it, don't we? Like everyone needs it from t- like from time to time. You just have a wobble. But yeah, like that was kind of a massive thing for me. I would never have stepped up to newcomers had she not barred me from jumping any smaller. And the reason that she gave what did make sense to me that anything less in Pancake would be even faster. Um. So I was kind of like, okay, you know, it makes sense. And I mean, I was actually going to send you the video of that round, but I only have, I think, three fences. And Carla's description of that was um, even the fucking video camera gave up. It was so bad. Um, He was wearing (laughs) poles around his fucking ears. Like, I kid you not. He basically set off at a gallop. um, And as I galloped out the ring, because it was in like, it was at a county show. So it was like on big grass ring. As I like galloped out of the exit, because I still couldn't pull up, galloped past Carla. She just was like, bit rethink. It's like, yeah, yes. <laughs> shot off into the yeah. Distance. yeah. So yeah, it was oh, it was yeah. absolutely it's... horrific. But then, like, well, we jumped it and what if we can jump it at a flat out gallop we wearing it. We still poles, did it. Yeah, then surely. Yeah. It, we can just keep going and try and wear less poles. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's, it's, I think it's just always really nice to have somebody who gets it or, you know, that you don't have to advocate for yourself. You don't have to make, you know, you're not making excuses and you're not whinging either because you're just saying how it is and how you feel. Yeah. You're always looking for a solution. But it, it can be nice to have someone you can discuss it with who understands and isn't sat there going, well, yeah bit shit aren't you <laughs> do you know what I mean like or at least not externally saying that <laughs> yeah no I, I get it so that actually that probably leads us quite nicely on to this week's um topic which is some training tips so I thought we would start with 
Kian O'Connor. Like, <laughs> check her out. <laughs> she, she sent me a message and she's like, I've just had a lovely chat with Kian O'Connor. I was like, oh, as you do. Just... <laughs> I have to explain here when I I used to work for Paul O'Shea in when 2004 and in the mornings Paul used to ride in Keene's yard and then he would come to the yard I worked at and he would ride the horses there and it meant that we all kind of did, did a lot of shows together and I was in Keene's yard he was in Broadmeadows at the time beside the airport in Dublin and I would have been in that yard quite a bit so like he's not a black stranger to me do you know what I mean like as in we've <laughs> met him before and he knows who I am and he's also somebody who is um he loves training and he's likes to be you know like passing on knowledge or whatever but he he has a great manner about him and he's always really contactable and you know I just thought fuck it I'll ask him and if he's too busy or doesn't want to do it or whatever then that's absolutely fine but I'll ask him anyway so it was great that he um it was great that he was willing to chat but like it, it is an it is an example like of how hard these guys work because we see them there and they're in their global champions tour uniforms and they're arsing around in the fancy arenas or whatever but like he was out there with some of the guys that he coaches and it just took a couple of days to catch up and I in the end I said look I, I kind of you know you know the story I rang him on Monday because they were held to skelter from Wednesday to Sunday at a show in Germany and I messaged him on Saturday evening or whatever. And I said, look, I'm just going to ring on Monday because I knew you had the Grand Prix the next day. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know what? That would be amazing because I've just, we've just done 16 horses today and I'm fried. And I was like, that was grand. When I rang him on Monday, he, he was in Germany. He'd driven to North Germany to look at a horse and he was on his way back down, chatting away. Do you know what I mean? Like they literally never stop. Yeah. Like we think that they just go to the shows and they get on the horses and the grooms hand them to them and put up and down the jumps and it all looks lovely and they take home the checks. But behind the scenes, the graph level is you know it's yeah. it's solid like it's really solid so but anyway uh yes he was super he was very um I, I thoroughly enjoyed chatting to him so there you go so um he sent quite a few um incredible tips but we haven't got time to probably just cover them all so I thought we'll just cover a few of his and sort of then we can do a few of everyone's um so one of my favorites was he said, things don't get any harder, no matter if you're an amateur rider jumping at a local show or an upper level rider at the Olympic Games, the same principles apply. The horse needs to be forward and relaxed. He needs to be straight to turn left and right, go forwards and come back. The horse needs to work at the correct speed and stay calm and relaxed at the proper pace. And when you have a horse able to do all of this, then you have a horse that's ready to jump in the ring. And I think kind of like what we've just talked about there, all those things are super hard. Like they sound so easy. And that's one of those things, isn't it? Where the more you know, the less you yeah. know kind of thing. Because actually people would be like straight. Yeah. Like I used to think straight. When Carly used to say to me, you're not straight. I'd be like, what the fuck is she on about? I'm walking in a straight line. Yeah. And now you realize, oh yeah, straight's a whole nother level. But then at the same time, like on the other hand, it's kind of like you don't need to overcomplicate it. Like it, kind of exactly what we're saying again like does it matter if we're jumping a meter 10 or a meter or 90 it's kind of exactly the same principles and it's us that overcomplicate, isn't it it's us that are kind of like we need to do so much more when we do this step up but actually we don't we just need to probably keep the exact same quality sure and I mean like he was saying that before a show they like to just run horses down like a four stride distance. So it does two poles on 18 yards for normal stress or normal counter stride size distance. And if the horse can come into that 
and move down and meet each stride in the right place and stay relaxed and keep, you know, not pull, not run, not wobble, that you have a horse that's ready to go in and jump the ring. The canter is good enough to go in and jump in the ring. That cantering over two poles, four strides apart, in a forward canter and staying relaxed, I cannot emphasize enough how difficult that can be. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, I mean, and I mean, like we school it every single day, every day. We school it all the time, every day, but it is still hard. Yeah. And it is such a simple thing. So you're absolutely right. We do overcomplicate it, but then you can't disrespect the fact that those basic cornerstones, like it looks easy when it's written down. It looks yeah. easy when someone says it quickly, but like, it's really hard to have a proper full on ring jumping canter and have the horse staying relaxed and staying around and staying with you. I don't know about you, Katie, but I don't have those horses really. It's a work in progress a lot of the time. Oh, like, you know, I got, yeah. We get in all right, and then Bear, Bear is like William Wallacing and Pink squealing, and I'm sure it's the same for your guys. Yeah, I mean, those things are incredibly hard, and you could work every day and still not be able to do all of them. So yeah, I I really like that though. I thought, you know what? It's it is so true. Like it's the basics isn't it and then you just kind of put jumps in the way it is uh, but I, I think it's really good that someone of his caliber make you know says thinks about things in that way and then tells you know shares that yeah. with other people in that because people at like lower levels the, the classes that they're jumping the distances that they're jumping the tracks that they're jumping because it doesn't get any harder like there is no real difference yeah in terms of the skill level that we all need like as in we're all in it a bit together so you know phrases and statements like those ones um i don't know quite what i'm trying to say but it's a bit less them and us you know yeah. it's we all need to do this it's not yeah. like oh well if you do that and you know we do that because we're fancy and posh and up the top level but you yeah. you people down there doing 90 in a field you don't you know well, you don't do, do that yeah it's, no i totally to get what you're saying our system yeah, yeah. It's like we're all training the horses, but maybe like they're obviously more talented. They're riding more talented horses, they're more talented riders. So they're jumping bigger fences, but we're all basically training for the same things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's good. I think that's a really good ethos. I think it's a much more level playing field and it's much less uh, divisive. Yeah. And also it kind of means that you can take something that such an incredible rider is doing and be like, I can implement that. You know, as if he was like, oh, so what we do is like we practice like 150 oxes like I'd be like oh, thanks very much Kian um I will not be partaking in that because <laughs> I need my that. limbs <laughs> so yeah that's um he he also talked about um gymnastic jumping which we talk about a lot but he said something which I have never done so I was quite interested um when Kristen messaged me this over um he said that gymnastic jumping is a really important part of their training and they like horses to trot into grids rather than canter which I've never done they use three trot poles on four and a half feet and then nine foot to a cross pole they use bouncers which are normally set around nine foot apart um, and then you can add in whatever you want after that maybe one stride distance to a vertical then the same to an oxer but he said it depends on what you're trying to achieve and the horse that you're riding they often like to put a pole on a distance after the grid. Yeah, so I've never done trotting to a grid. I'm going to try that on Pan, though, if I can make him trot. It's really good. So we have a system in Ireland, which is um, it's EFI training, and it's, I don't know what it's called now. Basically, they wanted to bring in a training system for everybody. 
that there was a, a baseline um, for coaches in Ireland and that there were tiers going up. And this was, you know, all these, these, some of these exercises and stuff were put together for that. And when I was working for Paul, obviously in the afternoons, we would do with the horses, what Paul had been doing with Keen and stuff in the mornings. Keen was training with Jerry Mullins at the time as well. And so all of these kind of exercises that were involved in the CFI course and that the guys were using all the time, it just, it was like everyday stuff. It's been really good because I'm, I'm very fortunate. It's given me a cornerstone. Now, listen, I'm not going to the Olympics here, but it's given me a cornerstone for everything that I do with my young horses is based on what I learned from those guys then. And it all comes back to this stuff. So the trotting in was, they, they do it because they want the horses to learn to take their time. They want them to learn to pick up their feet. They prefer them to do the trot poles in a stretched frame with a nose as low as possible, like long and low. And that they then just step in over the first cross pole they push off really square behind but the whole point is that the horse learns to take its time and to be really slow with its body be very considered about what it's doing um obviously for some horses it's brilliant and for other horses um like the bears and mannies of this world i i honestly i personally don't use three shot balls i use one and think myself lucky um <laughs> but um that this is the whole point of it that they, they just want everything very slow they want as much they want the horse to use as much of its body as possible and to really learn to take its time, look, look what it's doing with its feet. Um, and it's a really good system and it works really, really well. But again, it does depend on the horse and the age it's coming in at or what it's done, its past experience as to how much success you're going to have with things. And you have to obviously tailor what you're doing to suit the horse you're on. Um, but yeah, the, the trotting in is really good. Even one pole can be helpful, but yeah. three, three is the ideal. Like if you can, if you can get them to, to sort of relax into it. And yeah. that's, that's, that's his point. He doesn't like cantering. He was saying when I was talking, they don't like cantering into them because they don't feel it gives the horse enough uh, opportunity to really sort of look and pay attention in the same way that Trot does. Yeah. I think like, especially for ha- if you have a young one, so like say these sort of things, like I'm really interested for like when we start with Bougie, like it's harder with say Manny and Pan that they are established. They've got their own way very way much. Of, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's damage limitation at this point um yes I'm going to try and improve what I can but like let's be fair a lot of the time the problem is they are rightfully thinking well we've done more than you so how about you fucking do what we say instead of us doing what you say who's more experienced here and I mean I can't really argue with them so it depends on the horse though I suppose like because Ping loves all that stuff she loves all of that like the more complicated the more poles the more she gets to like you know shake her booty and be cool she loves all that where Bera is just not that doesn't have that kind of not that kind of patient animal she's just yeah. like this is stupid these are in my way I want to go for the jumps <laughs> so it does it does depend on the horse but like even in terms of like setting up rows of bounces and stuff like three trot poles in and then a small cross pole and then a you know two or three big high cross poles they can't really run at it but they also aren't it's not because you're telling them not to mm-hmm. so they kind of have to learn to slow it down and take their time and for that sort of thing it can be really useful it reminds me of um we started doing to really sit Manny back and make him wait. We did some like higher and um, verticals bounces and we did them slightly shorter. Nice. Um, and I decided in my wisdom, um, well, I'll just do that with pancake because surely he needs to slow Uh-oh. down. Um, he it. well, no, he just stopped. He wouldn't jump them just point blank. <laughs> so he went barreling in, got to like the first and just went, <sighs> I'll never fit in there. So he, he stopped. So I ran Carlo and I was like, I don't know what the hell's happened. Like, 
Pan doesn't stop usually like at these sort of things. Like, and he's stopping. She's like, what were you doing with him? And I said, well, I, I made short, like higher verticals. And she was like, he is not ready for that. Like he physically cannot sit himself back. Like, I feel like she's just like, oh, for God's sake. She's like, Pan will have literally shit a brick. He'll have got there and just gone, I'll never, I'll never make it. Like, I think he would have been more likely to try and hurdle a lot of them. So, yeah, that was my little attempt at. Well, I, I had this weird thing, but like, that's in its own way, though. I mean, he's a careful horse, he's yeah. not going to run himself into trouble. And in yeah. its own way, that is actually kind of quite good because at least he's not a complete loon, you know? I just, I mean, I, I, I built some little, I was doing one of my Luciana's in his exercises and um, I had this little row of bounces up for cantering into and I was using planks the planks that I've had for, for like I don't know three years now and for some reason whatever way I had the planks both of my horses st- like Bear never stops the fact that she's st- I actually patted her when she stopped because she never stops and I thought oh look at you paying attention to what you're doing so I patted yeah. her I was like oh good okay Turned on the next time and she kind of went to stop again and then she trotted through and I was like what the hell is wrong with you and I thought it was me or I was I don't know anyway I kind of just shelved it and she went through it fine after that and then I came in with Ping who's like a good bit more experienced um and Ping not only did she stop but she stopped in like slow-mo and I was like fine I got shot up her neck a little bit but it was all right and then she really slowly but somehow very dramatically dived to the left and I just fell off I landed on my feet though first time ever I deserved definitely should have been given a prize for that because I'm not athletic and I was like what is wrong with these two horses so I don't know what it was with whatever way I had the bounces set up I haven't done it since because I'm too afraid of that becoming a thing but they were fine after that but like yeah I think sometimes they look at stuff but do they find it hard to read yeah if it's a bit unusual or it's a bit you know they're I, I think it's probably good that they were more willing to stop than Pam definitely kill themselves if there's quite a complicated he's so careful, word, though. yeah he'll be yeah, like he's so careful because he'll he wants to take everything on so he goes at it yeah. and then it's like he kind of goes this isn't going to work for me but poor manny yeah. who is just <laughs> the most gung-ho but genuine brute ever carla came once and then um, she said to me have you been jumping this and i was like dead proud of my little self you know like oh yeah check me out um, and she was like, what the fuck were you thinking? And I was like, oh, well, that wasn't quite the response I was hoping for, Carla. Um, so it's like, what do you mean? And she said, that distance was made for like a Cavaletti. You've put like a 120 Oxer up and made Manny go down like a line on three strides. He's 17-2 nearly. Like, what the fuck were you think? She said, did he do it? And I said, yeah, like he was great. And she was like, there you go, you see? She's like, you are so lucky because he should have just leveled you at the fence. Like, it's like, well, it's a new training. It's a new training exercise. Yeah, there you are. I just, this the best lessons they learn are the ones to teach themselves. And he was obviously present and correct in school that day. So go you, go him. But you can just imagine Manny must go in a stable and go, oh, fucking hell. Like, what? What did I do to deserve this with her? Like, he would he's probably tiptoeing down to this fence and then having to, like, catapult himself over <laughs> because I'm, like, completely useless and just walk the distance. Poor bugger. So the last one I really liked um, was, um, with young horses, you should keep it basic. They need to be forward and brave and they don't make it complex too soon um, because it can put them off. 
I absolutely love that. Yeah. Like I just, I'm all for it. Yeah, I yeah. just think that they should be young horses, shouldn't they? Yeah, for sure. The only thing I would qualify there is that like he doesn't love that he's saying he doesn't love doing like grid work and stuff with young horses because he thinks they find it off-putting. He prefers to just let them pop around a few fences. I had a lesson with Keen once many years ago, and he told me that he could see a distance from 10 strides away. And I absolutely believe that to be true. Yeah. I also believe it to be a significantly rare quality that only about three <laughs> human beings on the planet have. And the chances of me ever even coming back reincarnated as a Grand Prix show jumper, able to do that, fairly small. Um, to be honest, I'm lucky at one you... stride. I see. Oh, here. I mean, I thought, you know, <laughs> a good day for me is like, you know, four. I'm like, and that's, you know, rare. Um, so... I think if you're him or you know someone like really he's a bit of a fucking dead eye it's grand like because you know they're going to get loads of confidence from you hacking them around even if their canter isn't really fully established you're not going to make a mistake so they get to be like really confident i don't have those skills yeah so i do quite like to use basic grids and stuff just to get them popping i mean if i rode like he rode i wouldn't bother why would you all those poles pay in the hole um, but I don't, and I'm afraid of my life of upsetting them or giving them a fright, which someone like him is never ever going to do. So yeah. I don't know. I think you have to just do what you can. But I think it's a great attitude to have. Um, and I remember Shane, no, sorry, Trevor Breen had this statement out years ago. Like, it comes up again on my social media now and again. I love it, which is the best place for a four-year-old is in the field. Yeah. And I think that's really good. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a good attitude to have if you if you can, if you can, because obviously, you know, there are people who are doing it for a living and the, the horses have to work and they have to go to the shows and that's fair enough. But um, it's so frustrating, though, because we've got in this cycle now of that happening. And like so like I'm really aware of that with like, say, the Connies that I'm doing is. I don't think that they should be doing any more than, you know, working on like straightness safe to hack um, and to be able to pop around a really small course of like fillers and you know so maybe the fences are only 60 centimeters but like doesn't matter they're, yeah they're, yeah, they're showing yeah. that they're sensible they can stay straight to a fence away from a fence pop fillers that for me is more than enough for a four-year-old but then it's super hard when like everybody else they're out cross-country schooling they're like jumping around a British novice and and you're like you know so then people ring you up and they're like oh it can only do this and it's like well yeah but should it be doing any more really like I think two things there one I think you have to stay true to what you feel is right for the animal that you're producing that's it the end that's your horse you're doing it and two is that I do think that the more professional the buyer or the more sort of let's say knowledgeable it's very it's probably a little bit too much of a radical stereotype and I don't mean to be offensive when I say this at all people who've got an eye on the long game if you're saying well I've done this and this with it and it's done this and this well and here's the videos but you know after that then I went to the field it's not going to be if anything they'll be happier I think I find that anyway the happier if the horse is a bit underdone Mm -hmm. because they can catch up really well as a five-year-old you know they're mature and they've got the basics it's easy then when everything's in place generally professional buyers are not put off by this we've been really lucky with the people who've bought ours like so far you know they've given them win- the winter off and and like I just think oh yes like they're, they're so lucky that yeah. they found really lovely people but I think it's hard because it's like a vicious circle the more people do with young ones the more the next people do to keep up with and then we've kind of entered the cycle now where like four-year-olds are doing just fucking ridiculous things Mad that shit. like a few years ago seven-year-old wouldn't have been doing 
Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, look, I, I'm a little bit in this sort of wobble with Molly as well, because Molly's got such a great brain. And obviously I want to preserve her brain because it's her, you know, most positive asset is this just lovely temperament she has. Yeah. And it's great attitude to everything. And I'm like, well, so she did her first show the weekend, so I'm going to give her a week or two off. And then there's a, I just don't mind doing a bit of dressage with them as four-year-olds because I think it gets them out to shows and it gets yeah. me used to traveling and stuff. But there's not any like, you know, it's not a big fucking deal, is it? Um, so it's quite good for them. But I'd like to do a bit more with her jumping. She's got mm-hmm. a really, really good jump, but she needs a lot more experience. Uh, and the canter needs to be nearly better for the jump, but nearly yeah. it's at the stage where to jump her a little bit and teach her a bit more about jumping would improve the canter. But like, is it relevant? Is it fair? Is it the right time? She's doing absolutely everything with a heart and a half. Yeah. Like, do you continue to train that horse because it's enjoying its work? Or do you go, no good horse, out you go to the field? I don't, you know, usually I'm desperate because the poxy things a break. But I haven't usually, I don't generally have this much crack with a four-year-old. <laughs> They're not yeah. usually the sibyl, but it's hard to know what to do. I think if you're erring on the side of caution, you're never going to be wrong. Yeah. If you're pres- preserving their mental well-being ahead of everything else. Yeah. And if I could just canter around seeing stride from forever out, I, I'd be happy cantering my little four-year-olds around the place, but I'm just not that cool, sadly. <laughs> Soon. Soon we'll be able to see a stride Soon. from 10 strides. <laughs> Soon. Um, okay, so we've got one from um, a listener, um, Janice Clark, who I thought I was going to include because I think I'll probably be quite different to everyone else with this. So... She says that she likes lunging, especially young horses or ones that haven't been ridden in a while. And I'm really conscious that's quite, that's a fairly typical thing to do um, is, you know, say people will lunge them before they get on or, um, and for some reason, somewhere along the line, and I genuinely don't know where it's happened. I got like a thing about lunging before I get on and like, I won't do it. Even when I think it would really be sensible to do it. I just don't. And I don't really know why. <laughs> I've got this like bizarre mental block. Like, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love lunging. Like, we've talked about this before. Like, I lunge a lot. And with Pancake, I honestly think that lunging has really improved him a lot. And Manny helps so much with his kiss and spine. But yeah, I just wanted to ask you what's your take on lunging before you get on? Um, so it depends on the horse. I try and get. With, sorry let me quantify this the older horses I'm not considering I'm, I'm talking about the younger horses mm-hmm. um I try and get past it as soon as possible mm-hmm. because I think if you become very dependent on lunging the horse before you get on it then you're gonna have to do it forever mm-hmm. however there are horses where it would be you know you just have to do it for as long as you need to do it with Molly Molly was pretty uh sharp and this was why I went to the show with my not not Angel. <laughs> um <laughs> she was quite sharp and she was quite humpy quite plungy and there was never any dirt in her and she's a phenomenally confident horse in the ground and she moves well jumps well I don't, never thought there was a physical problem with her but she was sharp so fucking sharp and if you got on her when she was raw she was like in a hoop underneath you yeah. and I have seen what that thing can do and it's like something out of Rob Bronx pro bull riding it's not she's never done it with anybody on her but in the back yeah. of my head if I if I'd never seen it I never would have worried, but I did see it. And yeah. so I'm like, right. So with her, I lunged her quite a bit before I got on her. Rita couldn't give a fuck. She just couldn't care any less. Like you lunge her and she trots around you. And then she's just like, that it? And then you get on her and she's the same whether you lunge or you don't. Yeah. She doesn't care. She couldn't care less. So it does depend on the horse. Yeah. 
One thing I, think I did maybe see... what you've said, actually, maybe it's that. Maybe I kind of convinced myself that if I started it... You'll never stop. Yeah, yeah. and you become re- reliant on it almost for your confidence to get on the horse. You yeah. do have to have a cutoff point. So I actually think that... I, I, I think you're right. I think the sooner you can... Yeah. And there are going to be days. To be absolutely honest with you, the biggest reason why I stopped doing it with Molly was because I didn't have time. I'm trying to cram riding three horses yeah. into this tiny window. And it just happened that one day I didn't have time. I was like, I'm going to get booked off then. Yeah. So if I have to go to a and I'll get to sit down and someone will bring me a sandwich. So either way, it's win-win. <laughs> so, so, yeah. But the same as yourself, I think it's easy to become mentally dependent on it. But that said, if it is something that brings you comfort before you get on the horse and it isn't, it's coming from a different place and I don't there's nothing wrong with doing it at all like if it's what works for you it's what works for you and I guess like I've probably never really had a sort of a bucky type of horse probably partly because I Agreed. really I can't highly recommend them sit a book like genuinely I am shocking at sitting a book so like give me a rear at any day of the week over a booker yeah so maybe I think if I had one that was more prone to that I might kind of think, oh, well, it might just warm its back up a little bit and get exactly, it a little yeah. bit, yeah, looser. But because I've not had that, I've, and I think as well, I've tended to probably have hotter ones where they almost would have just got hotter on the lunge. Yeah. Like maybe the sort of horse I have, you're better to get on them when they're a bit cold before their blood's properly up. I, fi- I find with Bear that like sometimes the best work she does is in the first five minutes before she's really caught up with me. Yeah, something. <laughs> Do you know 100%, I mean? yeah. <laughs> One, I'm sorry, I know I keep going on about this. I know, and I was banned from talking about it. <laughs> I was watching one of my Luciana videos the other day, right? And um, she quite often had, I don't know if she does it herself all the time, but in this occasion, she had a man, a man, very good looking man, just saying. And he was he was lunging the, the older horses, like the Grand Prix horses, before she got up on them. Just like on a long lunge, like, like no yeah. apparatus, nothing, yeah. just free lunging. Um to just warm up their backs before she got on them so really katie if luciana's doing it i mean i've been saying this for ages i don't know if luciana's doing it then we need to do it we're missing a trick did you watch that um danny star went on um instagram her like day in the life of this horse oh this is the controversial one is it the amount of work i don't know is it controversial i didn't know was what happened that was controversial Oh, with the not turning the horses out. Oh yeah. Um, was it that? Was it from that? Wasn't it? Yeah, but it yeah. got like walkered, ridden twice, I think. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, because people questioned it, I think, and she was kind of like, well, they need to be fit. They're athletes. But then for me, I would worry like that's a lot of miles on their legs, and I mean, I'm not saying that I know anything like what she would know so like you know I'm I'm not saying that but for me I'm always super super conscious about like horses only have so many miles on the legs and I don't want to be like sorry it's an email from an email is just coming from Luciana my road to Tokyo I'm sorry to interrupt you (laughs) oh she's getting emails from her now (laughs) yeah best best buds yeah yeah like so then I kind of think their horses work they seem to like enjoy no not enjoy they seem to like think it's really important for the horses to be moving constantly yeah I don't know like I know as I said when I the the closest I can 
I can sort of relate to is when I when I worked for Paul and when I was in and out of the yard with Keen and stuff. The horses at home generally would work once a day. Some of the really hot horses, they might get like a little hack in the, in the morning or a bit of a lunge or something, and they might do a bit more or whatever. But like at a show, sometimes, well, no, sorry, all times, we'd be up at like God knows what o'clock because the horses, especially the horses jump in the bigger classes, they'll work them in the mornings beforehand. That's really normal. But they won't work necessarily like at home more than once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, sometimes they might hack once a day and then school later depending on what they were prepping for or whatever like it was very sort of individual with each horse but majority of the time the horses got out in the field and they didn't spend a lot of time on the walker we used to use it to like cool them off if necessary yeah um some of them would go on for a little while in the morning or whatever but again it was all very individual to which horse yeah and then they, they worked for a reasonably what I would call a normal amount of time in a session and they'd have set jump days or set grid days or set hack days or whatever and that was more sort of normal but I don't know um each to their own um I think that I I would only love to know what it was like to manage horses at that level as a rider I would only love to know (laughs) so I can't comment but um I think they need to rest as, as much as they need to move yeah like that's always my thing is you know some a physio once said to me like they're continually picking up tiny little, you know, tears or whatever that you will never even know are there. And if they don't have the periods for those to recover, then they will become problems. Whereas like they're just little training, like strains or, you know, knocks or whatever that are never going to become anything, but they need the time for those to just heal. Yeah. I mean, as I said, I think it's, it's hard to comment on what people need to do at those upper levels. Yeah. Um, because I think it's, and it's a whole podcast all its own, but you know, I said, I, I, when I was working in yards that were jumping at those, you know, at a, at a very high, high caliber, high level, the horses, a lot of the time, especially the older horses, the Grand Prix horses that really knew what they were doing. They didn't really get a whole lot of drilling during the week. Didn't get much jumping, if anything, you know, yeah. everything was, was sort of a lot geared around keeping them, happy to do the work and keeping them yeah. fit, keeping them supple and low impact stuff that's more what I would um, have expected I'm sure there are lots of riders that are like that but again yeah. you know I don't know I don't I can't comment on people at that level because I'm not going to be there but I don't know I think it's what you're comfortable with and I I suppose for my own horses that spend four or five hours every day out in the field and they hack an awful lot and especially the likes of bear like bear I'd hack her more than I do anything with her yeah and, it, and she's really good and she performs really well. Now that said, would she jump on the Global Champions Tour? She'd give it a fucking go, but you know, it's a different calibre of horse and a different calibre of requirement. But I don't know. I think it just depends, doesn't it? I think if you can try and keep my, their, their, their health and well-being as your primary objective, then on the one hand, you can say you're never getting it wrong. But on the other hand, obviously, things can get controversial, can't they? So. Yeah, so um, we will move on to um another big name that krista managed to to get was um olive clark who produces young horses she is an international show jumper and um she has sent us some of her go-to exercises which i absolutely love like these ones i'm gonna use my favorite one i'm having to quick i'm go down because i've it wasn't one of the first ones but it's the one i love yeah, it was cross pole bouncers, 
three in a row to keep them straight and use their shoulder and sharpen their reflexes. But what I really liked is that she says she jumps in and then she'll drop the rein and let them figure it out. So the crosses are teaching them not to drift. She doesn't necessarily go big, but it's letting the horses like work out for themselves. I really like that one. Olive's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, I think uh, any suggestion she has to make her definitely worth taking down to your Sandarina and having a go at. Like she's she just turns out every year, horse after horse after horse. They go beautifully, jump beautifully. She's an incredible rider and she's so solid on the basics and you can really see that in her horses. Yeah. Um, so some of the other ones she sent us, again, uh, canterpoles on set distances. She also added in that then you can start putting like bending lines in, but you really be strict with yourself, you know, say like, this is a five, this is a four. Don't kind of just let them come down on anything. When she's doing them over straight poles, she'll also use guide rail, guide rails to keep them straight. So she said, that just makes your job easier. Uh, work smart, not hard. I'm all about that. Um, placing poles front and back of small verticals. I used to hate those. So that's what Carla always does. That's a show jumper thing, I think. Absolutely. I hate I, poles on landing. I hate them. Carly used to, I used to be like, on take oh, off all day long. But. Yeah. Like, what are you trying to do? Like, but I'm kind of getting used to them now because they're clearly non-negotiable with Carla. So I've just given it up as a bad have job. You, and... Have you got those? Have you got the soft poles? No. You know that, you know, the, yeah. See, that's my terror with them is that they'll stand on it and then I don't flip know, themselves up. Themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Or do something. Yeah. I'm terrified. I, I roll them out quite far. I put four yards on landing now and that's, fairly all right but the soft poles you know what oh God, i keep saying They're the word soft poles like, like shouting like as if i think people will know what i'm talking about if i just keep saying it <laughs> they're made of whatever what are they made i don't know what they're oh, made of. Aren't they? soft because soft foam and then they've got like a hard, canvasy type of like plasticky yeah outside. yeah and basically they're like i love this word because it always makes me giggle flaccid um <laughs> and they <laughs> it means if the horse stands on it it just it's grand like it can't hurt yeah. i mean my horses will probably find a way to do something hideous to themselves with it but they can't hurt themselves they're so, expensive like, they though are... i wanted those and then looked at the price and i was like do you know what so if we flip up every so often like is it really the end will of the, the world? horse learn probably because you don't <laughs> make them yourself like is there not a way to do some of this shit like um... even if you weren't like handy with the old canvas and the stitching and the you know even if you only got like a summer's use out of it and it died you see and the reason i'm asking this because i had this this week right with pillow wraps sorry i'm going off a tangent now i'll just make it brief probably uh pillow wraps all right i'm all about the equiline pillow wraps i love equiline i when i die i want to be buried head to toe in equiline i just love the brand so much but the equiline i'm sorry equiline to do this to you i've done it to animal i'm doing it to you now as well They're, they are really expensive you know, you're going to ruin Aldi. our podcast. Poten- yeah, ruining yeah, it. our potential yeah, sponsors. That's it now. I for I know. I am sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> but at least I'm, I'm busy mates with Luciana, though, so that's all right. Um, <laughs> pillow wraps, though, right? So I can go to Aldi, right, and I can buy a pillow for my bed, which I accept. I cannot put on my horse because it's too fat. But my point is, it's a pillow. Yes, a pillow. Yeah. In Aldi for what? I don't know, twelve quid, something like that. So why the 
fuck is it 90 quid for a set of four pillar wraps for a horse that are like half the width otherwise identical well wow. I, I found a brand i found a brand that did that i bought and they had a sale and i'm delighted i bought four pillar wraps for like i don't know 15 quid this week I, I don't want those big you know the staff is square i don't want the rectangles because then the horses look like they've got sausage legs you can't wrap them over oh okay they have to be square so they go on properly do you know the one i don't yeah know i do ones, but i've got some navy ones how do you do, do you cross those are they the long thin ones that or they're I the think big squares the navy ones are more the squares so i got some because i was just going to say that oh, i got some and they were only five pounds um oh, nice from hope valley um oh nice they were woof ones, but I think they are maybe rectangles. But still, they were five pounds. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong, section. right? But yeah, I managed to get these ones in a set. Like, I think it was like, it was 12, like 12 quid, 15, something like that, 15 quid, something like that, for like a pack of four rect- uh, squares, like proper squares. I'm well chuffed. If they arrive now and they're shit, I'm going to be very disappointed, even though they only cost me like... You need you know, to start making less. them with all the time that you've got. <laughs> I know all the time I've got. I'd have a go at a canvas pole, but I wouldn't know where to start. And I'd probably end up just turning it into a trip hazard anyway, or something the horses wouldn't go over. I am not going to, I can't see that it would be very easy because you're going to have to like no. have an, a huge piece of foam, aren't you? Like where are you getting that mm. quantity of foam? I don't know. I don't know. I need to Google. Or maybe with your leftover morning. pillow fluff from Aldi. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You could do make a sausage and just yeah. stuff it like a, like a big bloody great doorstop. I was just about to say like, like a, a big, big draft excluder. Yeah. Yes, yeah, big draft excluder. That's it. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't that be perfect? Or failing that, you spend just loads of quids on stitch some draft excluders together. That is a plan. We need to do an episode on this eco. Yeah. The economy warriors taking on the big giants. <laughs> Animo and Equiline. I'm not <laughs> gonna lie, I don't know how I don't know how many people are gonna be game, but let us know. <laughs> We're coming along with dre- dressing gowns and draft excluders <laughs> in our sandarinas. Anyway, sorry, I went horribly off topic there. So she also um puts placing poles at the front and the back of small verticals. She says that engages the brain and helps them relax and teaches them to make the correct shape. She rarely makes any of her training things bigger than a metre. I mean, I hate when really fucking good show jumpers kind of go nice and small, just like a metre. And I'm like, stop saying that a metre is nice yeah. and small. Because... 80 centimetres is small. That's exactly. Well, maybe yeah. even 60, Krista. Like, depending on the day. Yeah. Don't go mad. I remember Paul said to me once that on the wrong horse, 90 centimetres can look massive. Yeah, that is so, true, I suppose. I, I, yeah, I took that to heart. So, yeah, so I absolutely, I love her tips. She, it's all about the basics again, isn't it? Like putting yeah, things but in I place. Yeah, but Olive, is, Olive was the same though as Keen. Like she's quick to point out that it, the basics are the hard bits. Yeah. They're the hard bits. It's, to get it right, it's really tough. Yeah. And I, as I said, I think it's great when riders of that caliber are going, you know what? We tend to be like, oh, the basics are just the basics. And they're like, no, that is the hard bit. Yeah, Everything like straightness. That, you're building on top of it. I keep going back to straightness. I fucking sound like Carla now. Um, I thought straightness was like going in a straight line. And then it's like, oh, no, you see how like this shoulder's not quite. And I'm, I was like, oh, like we're breaking down the horse, like limb by limb. Like, fuck 
me I didn't know you did that like that's a new level of straightness yeah I, I don't know how to do that I'm not I don't have that brain <laughs> I, well I can't but I probably couldn't walk in a straight like if someone assessed whether my hip was swinging out or something like so I've got no hope of fucking persuading a horse not to do it so we also got Sarah how do you say her name do you know Sarah Elbert do you think it is Elibert? Sarah Elibert. Elibert. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Sarah Elibert eventing, she sent in leg yielding. Do you use a lot of leg yielding? No. No, I fucking don't. Sorry. <laughs> that was strong. That was super yeah, decisive. I yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I, all of the horses can leg yield and trot. I, although I found that out. I didn't know that about Molly until <laughs> the other day. But um, the older horses, anyway, yeah, they all leg yield. They have to leg yield well. They have to, I like, they leg yield properly. They're not allowed to just dribble over with their shoulder. They have to do it properly. That's fine. Um, I would prefer with older horses, anyway, to use stuff like a little bit like shouldering and a little bit of half pass counter bend for the reason being that oh, I'm sound like such a dickhead. I'm not saying I do it well or anything. The reason being is that for horses that are jumping in the ring, I, I have a bit of a thing anyway. And again, like, I don't know, who am I? Not Key, not Olive, but whatever. Here I am. Um, about shoulder, the outside shoulder. I knew you were going to say that. Um, yeah, it's my really big thing. I like horses to come around the corner to a fence as straight as possible in front of me, as in straight through the turn. I don't want to be putting on my inside leg and having the horse moving its shot all fancy dressage nonsense and it all bent to the inside or whatever, coming around the corner to a jump. Because 10 times out of 10, if you come around a corner to a fence like that, your shoulder is gone. It's gone. You can't do it all. You just can't. I mean, maybe the cool kids can, but me, no. If you can keep the shoulder straight and you can ride the shoulder straight through the turn, and if necessary, even slightly in counter bend. You can keep the exact same rhythm in the counter, the exact same stride pattern. You will come around the fence and nine times out of 10, you'll meet that fence really well. But if you start arsing around on the turn. So anyway, how does this relate to leg yield? I just think too much of a, too much of anything. People get like really into the leg yielding. I don't know. I'm maybe not that good that I can see all the problems that leg yielding can solve. I don't really get it. And again, I that is absolutely me holding my hands up in honesty, not me going, I don't understand. No, I actually don't get it. I don't understand I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. Um, I think with leg yield, there's a real risk that they end up either rushing sideways or they, you lose the shoulder or you don't have, you, you know, you, you can make them too mobile in the wrong ways. And that's why I prefer using lateral work because I think it's a little bit more structured. Um, but I'm, again, I'm holding my hands up here and saying that's not because I think I'm some like cool kid. I don't, I, I would like to be enlightened as to all the many things that because there's loads of those messages weren't they saying they all use leg yield yeah i am um, gravitated about leg yield for like five minutes now i'm i definitely i knew what you were going to say because i a little bit think the same so belinda yeah. was a real one and i honestly i thought i was like poor shockamole or something like i thought i was the girl um when i got belinda because she had so much inside bend proper like you know, deep flick, like head and flicky toes. And oh, we were so bent round until I went for a lesson with Carla and Carla was like, fuck me. It's no wonder you, she keeps yeah. stopping. You're losing around the outside yeah. shoulder. I didn't realize about yeah. losing it. I was like, we would look so pretty though. Um, and I can see how, <laughs> how that could be encouraged. So yeah, I definitely, we are actually currently using leg yield a lot with Manny who has started to massively block 
so he's decided that if I put my inside, I think I talked about this last time, if I put my inside leg on, that's obviously not going to make him bend through his ribs. That's going to make him go faster. So he's on a 20 meter circle and he's leg yielding away from the inside leg. But that would be something that we're using to overcome this specific problem. And then it will be kind of moved on from and not really used. Same as you, probably we more use like Traver or um, shoulder in probably a lot more. Um, and I just think it's a bit more structured to do lateral work is more structured as in they have to stay between point A and point B and they have to get to point C. It's a bit more structured as in with leg yielding, it's so loose and free. Like, yeah. and I mean, this is absolutely no disrespect. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but with leg yield, people kind of think the horse is bollocking off sideways and that's it. It's going sideways. That's a good thing. It's not a good thing. It is not mm. a good thing. You can open up a whole can of worms that you'll spend the rest of your life trying to put back together again. Yeah. And I just think it's so people shy away from a half pass. or shy away from a shoulder room because it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, dressage or whatever, but I think it's more, a more of a structured for the horse. You're more targeting moving specific bits. And for me, it just fits better. But like I said, I'm not saying any of this, with any disrespect whatsoever. I'm happy for people to message in and explain to me, you know, things that they would use leg yield for. I genuinely would, I, I just would I would like to know I'm happy to be to be told to be honest yeah. but we have that used it with money like I say like in the past as well but again you're using it for a specific purpose aren't you and I yeah. mean you also you know and how how on this occasion because I'm interested I was when we we're chatting about it the last day with the him refusing to let you use your inside leg and stuff yeah how is that progressing how are you really good or, that's amazing. I mean, in fairness, what Manny's theme is, is like he will then decide a, a really good evasion for this exercise, you know? Okay. Um, and then we will have a completely new problem. And that is just very much training Manny. And it's all because he finds it very hard to work properly, like genuinely okay. finds it difficult. Um, so he, rather than investing his energy into doing the best he can do, he invests his energy fully into doing something completely the opposite to prove that he couldn't possibly stay straight or he couldn't possibly, you know, soften and do a corner in a civilized fashion. Um, But it's always changing. So like one week, he's like, you can't do a corner on me. And you're like, well, usually I do then. It's like, maybe you can't, maybe, you know, I'm always like, oh, maybe. But then the next week, suddenly he can corner like he's on rails but he can't go in a straight line because he's decided. And, and that's just kind of him. But currently, leg yield is working really well for him on a 20 meter circle. Um, and he has decided the inside leg is allowed to go on, probably because he's so fucking sick of being put on a 20 meter circle and leg yielding that he's like, oh, right. I think one of the things that I would say about it, and then I'm going to show up because I've rabbited and bitched about leg yielding for ages now. Um, when you're training young horses and you want them to start to learn to go a little bit off the inside leg, not because you want them to leg yield, because you need them to start to mobilize their shoulders. If you have a horse that's mobile, you can mobilize through its shoulders. You have a horse you can ride. End of story. That's my opinion. I'm happy to be wrong, but that's how I feel about it. Um, and so what I do with young horses when they're hacking only, not in the arena, is at a certain point, we start to teach them to walk, put a little bit of pressure. And they step away sideways. They begin to learn that the leg doesn't just mean go forward. The leg also means you can move your body sideways. Very quickly, 
they learned then that when you're trotting circles in the arena, you put that little bit of leg on, they, they work it out that they need to move their body out a little bit. And then you get to teach them how to, you know, maintain a bend through the body. But because they're young horses, you have to be careful how you go about it. You teach a young horse to leg yield, properly leg yield. And the next thing he thinks leg yielding is the best thing since sliced bread. And you'll never get that horse straight again. And you'll never yeah. get a hold of him. And, and you can cause more problems than you fix. So I'm very much a fan of teaching a young horse to learn that the leg can mean to move your shoulder over a foot left or a foot right or whatever, out hacking only. And then in the arena, they just naturally tend to then move the shoulder around a little bit better. Um, they're not so planky. I think use, useful purpose for me, that's good. But that probably is exactly, exactly what you've just said is exactly why it works for Manny. Manny strongly yeah. resembles a plank. And if he's going to block you, he blocks you through the shoulder. So yeah, I guess you can move the shoulder, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of proving your point that yeah, this is when it is useful. But you know, if you were on, say, something like Belinda, who is very keen to move away from your legs super quick, then we ended up where she was always just running out through the side and actually then running out at fences. <laughs> <laughs> taking taking out your your arm and things like that as well. Um yeah, so I mean that—that's—I I wouldn't even call it leg yielding, but that is um, where I would find things like this very useful. In fairness, when Carla started teaching me, I think I've spoken about this before. Um, she asked me to do leg yielding, and I did what I thought was leg yielding, and she said, "Like, sorry, what was that?" And I, I was like, "Well, that's leg yielding." And she said, "No, no, no, <laughs> that, that's not leg yielding." Um, and she said, "So I did it again," and she was like what are you trying like tell me what you think leg yielding is so I explained what I was trying to achieve and she said yeah horses legs actually just physically can't move that way like they cannot do what you are asking them to do which is why you're meeting resistance because the horse is like <laughs> I, I literally have only got four legs and they only go in the direction that they'll go in and what you're asking is like something completely different so yeah that's that was my that's what I was doing prior to having lessons with her when me and Belinda were poncing about is just, I was kind of, I would interpret my own take on dressage and we would just go with that. Well, sometimes that can be more fun than following the dressage way. But um, one thing I use a lot, and again, I'm not going to the Olympics, so feel free to ignore, uh, counter counter. I, oh, with yeah. the older horses particularly, especially if they're fresh, so they start, what I'll do is I'll get them, you know, you warm them up or whatever, and then I'll use it as a set exercise for maybe, you know, for, for, for a period of time when I'm working them where I pick up canter, canter half the school, and then we transition to either straight to walk or sometimes to halt, um, and then pick up canter, canter from walk or from halt, canter, canter half the school, and then walk a halt, and then pick up normal canter, and just do a few leaps like that. And I find that it works really well, because again, when you talk about mobilising the horse's shoulders, Bear struggled so much with counter counter because it's stupid and it's boring and you have to go slow and think it through, yeah. which is not, not, she doesn't want to do any of that. And obviously Ping loves counter counter, but she also loves flying changes. So it can be a bit, you have to be very careful how you ask for the things. Um, but I find that really good because again, it gets them off the inside shoulder, but it gets them off the outside shoulder and it keeps them thinking and it keeps changing the balance. They have to keep changing the balance and then they're putting pr pressure and weight in different places and it, overall gives them a little bit core strength they're stronger through their body they're thinking more they can't 
well, I say they can't gallop through a counter counter. We both know that's bollocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> but generally, I find it a really, really good way of just in a non-confrontational way, teaching the horse to think and just move his balance around a little bit. And yeah, I find it really helpful for getting we the horse use, off the hand as well. Yeah, we use counter counter all the time with the two boys. Great, um, yeah, doing yeah, like, like loops, um, you know, so like a half 10 meter circle and then like come yeah. back to the track and then do the same. Um, and so they're kind of half the time in counter counter and half the time in counter. And the change of the bend, like, yeah, um, that's, yeah, it's massively helpful to try and just get them to a little bit more sit on the hind leg and let you in. Obviously, it's usually fairly rustic, but the thought <laughs> is there. But with the, with the counter counter and again, you're back to sort of keeping that outside shoulder around the turns, moving to fences and pulls with the counter counter, it really gives you a chance to to maintain the straightness through that outside shoulder because they yeah. they well they're going to fall over if they don't um so shall we move on to wanker of the week we shall so my wanker of the week is manny um (laughs) bless him because um as i said like at the start we've started doing cavalettis and manny is overjoyed like honest to god you'd think i'm so happy to hear this I'm yeah. so happy to hear this. Like, you'd think all his Christmases had come at once. He saw those little sticks and he was just, like, so happy. So, anyway, I spent Saturday doing flat work with Manny. And the builder, who actually should be the wanker of the week, oh, fucking always puts things in really annoying places, like, round the arena. So he put a cement mixer at the corner of the arena that Manny already doesn't like. Like, every horse doesn't have a corner of the arena that they're never quite convinced doesn't have a demon. Um. He put a fucking cement mixer there and he covered it with a builder's sack. So forget it. This is a horrible story. Yeah. Forget it on Saturday for doing flat work with Manny. He was like, well, I can only use half the arena because obviously the other half is a huge health and safety hazard. So he was like an emu and he kept like dragging me up to the top and I was trying to persevere and eventually I decided that, you know what, a 20 metre circle done semi-nicely is far better than the complete chaos that was going on. And I'd convinced myself that really, how many builder sacks are we going to, that sounds really bad, actually. <laughs> how many builder sacks are we going <laughs> to encounter? Hopefully none. Um, hopefully none, Katie. I mean, hopefully none. But I mean, you know, you never, you never know. Who knows? It's a crazy life we lead. <laughs> so, yeah, I just decided, you know what, 20 minutes circle at the top. Next day came, and obviously that was still there. And in addition, Henry had set up a fuck-off big paddling pool by the side of oh, we have the arena. Yeah. But I had gone and put Cavaletti in the arena. Honestly, like, you, I, you'll get it, but I think non-horsey people would think that I was completely tapped. Um, it was like he looked at the spooky things, but then looked at the Cavaletti and he was like, okay, I really, really want to do those Cavaletti. <laughs> but yesterday I had her convinced that I was shit scared of that builder's bag. Builder's sack. Builder's sack, yeah. So what am I going to do? Because I'm going to have to go past that to do the Cavaletti. So I think the best thing is if I am not frightened of that today and kind of 
he just sort of tilted his head and sort of semi, I think, closed his eye and would scurry past it, but in like a really, it's okay, we can do it, no problem at all. Like, and then would like enthusiastically come down the Cavaletti and then like have to pass it again. I was like, you bastard. That just 100% proves, Manny, that you are not frightened because today you've gone past a paddling pool and the builder's sack. And I don't know, I don't know though. Yeah, I don't know, maybe you're being a bit unfair. <laughs> maybe he's having like builder's sack PTSD and he reached that stage where he just, you know, like, couldn't cope anymore. So he had to just close his eyes and get on with it. Maybe you're being a bit unfair to, to suggest that he's choosing this. He is choosing it, and I'll tell you what else. <laughs> to just put the nail in the coffin, okay? So I'd led him to the arena, and Manny's thing is always if somebody else is walking, they're going to get killed first. Like, do you watch Shit's Creek? No. Oh, my God, I love I Shit's Creek. It. I feel like a, I, feel, I, don't, I, don't, I, know, I know that it's not spelt that way. I just feel like I live the other version of it. Anyway, go on. I've watched it, like, three times right the way through. But anyway, they have, like, the brother and sister, like, you get murdered first. No, you get murdered first. No, you get murdered first. This just sounds like every day here. This is my life. This is my life. Anyway, I need to watch this. <laughs> You've got to watch it. It's so good. Well, anyway, Manny is kind of like, if there's a person, he's like, you'll get murdered first. So that's fine. Yeah. I can walk past the things if you get murdered first. So anyway, I led him to the arena because I was faffing on with the Cavaletti. But on the way back out, I thought, save my legs, I'll ride him. And he, oh. so he went to come out the arena. He was like, oh, but there's the paddling pool and there's the builder's sack there. And I was like, uh-huh. But we've been, remember, we've been pretending that they weren't there really successfully for a while. And he was like, mm. So he's like, when Ronnie's frightened, he goes, <laughs> so he's like giving it, <laughs> And I was like, seriously, Manny, like, I'm not entertaining this. Driving. So he crept out and the gate to the field was had swung open. So to give himself more room to pass the paddling pool, he closed the gate with his nose so that he could then, like, scoot really far away and, like, <laughs> scamper past it. It's just like, you are the biggest bellend. I think that, I think that he's, um, I think that he's just entertaining. I think that he's obviously got a particularly solid sense of humor <laughs> oh yeah felt that maybe you could do with a bit of a jolly bit of a cheer up and uh yeah there you go he's keeping it interesting for you isn't he i do love like you know when they have a real strong personality and they really kind of like just are so irrational but they're so convinced they're right and they, they don't they don't care that you're like listen this makes no fucking sense at all they're like but you're going to indulge me in it because there's nothing you can do about it. I know it's so true. Like I, I was this morning, it was so funny because I like to, I like chains across the horses' doors, not the young horses, but the two older horses. And I'm, it's nice. It's just I don't know. I just like it for them. Uh, when I'm here, when I'm not here, we have to shut the doors. But then apparently now, when I'm here, we have to shut the doors as well. So it's in making the feeds in the free in the free shed. And I thought I heard what sounded suspiciously like a horse that had got out, but I wasn't too worried because the gates were closed and I can't go anywhere. Anyway, I carried on making the feeds and I thought, well, maybe I should check. And I peeped out the door and Bear was standing in the middle of the yard. She had limbered out underneath her chain, which is a new trick she taught herself only yesterday. And she literally was like looking around and then she saw me and she went, oh, there you are. And she came pottering over to the door. And then like, she's really bad for like pawing when at a feed time. Mm -hmm. And so she stood in the door of the feature pawing. 
just pouring up and I was like right I mean again this is the thing we, we want them to have these big personalities and then they reward us by having them <laughs> but I, I started to take her back to her stable but she knew she was wrong she knew she was wrong I was like go back in your stable and she did she did she went back but she was still delighted with herself <laughs> and shut the door then because I caught her trying to do it again so yeah they're just ridiculous aren't they and she's a real snorty one as well but there's nothing to it yeah. You would think you were going to die, the carry on of her, the big mm. high blowing and the snorting and the, and then she just walks past the thing. So I'll probably have it a bit easier than you do with Manny. But yeah, he loves just... the sound of his own voice. He does it yeah, on the lunge as well. Yeah. Whenever he's on the lunge, he gets really like Vallegro y, but with a oh, sway that's... back and like pigeon toes. <laughs> and so he's like, you know, <laughs> like prancing about the place. And I'm like, oh, bless you. It's, oh, it's good. Though. In your head, that yeah, looks really impressive, but. Less impressive. But to if watch he wasn't, him. if he wasn't in really good form, he wouldn't be like that. So that's kind of really nice. Yeah. If annoying, I mean, it's a bit annoying, but yeah. Anyway. So, what's your wanker of the week? <sighs> I, I, I don't even know where to start, given what I rabbited to you at this, before we started. I know, was like, I've got so much. It's my whole week. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I don't even know what to pick. That's suitable i think probably i'm gonna go with because i legendarily have really shit ones i'm just gonna do a shit one because it's it means i don't have to look at all of the other things that are upsetting me at the moment i took molly to her for a show was at the start on sunday and i thought grand yeah we'll do the walk trot test to give her a little you know intro to being in the arena or whatever and i when i take young horses to shows i like to take them um initially in hand before i even think about getting on them and i like to let them have a look around so i had been away to teach a girl last week and the week before and I had taken Molly with me and I had let her stand for like half an hour or so just on the rope and just let her watch everything and and then got on and had a bit of a ride around or whatever and last Wednesday we did the same thing again and there was actually a show on at the venue so she got to go and stand down and look at the warm-up I wasn't willing to die by going in there but she got to look at it so I went to the show on Sunday and I I have a very flippant attitude towards dressage um I, I like it very much and simultaneously do not. Um, so I tend to like, I, I print off the dressage test and then just fuck them in my handbag. And I learned the first one on the way to the show. I mean, obviously like when I'm stopped at traffic lights, not when I'm driving, I would never do that, never. Um, so I learned the first one, which was grand because it was an intro walk trot test. It's like two 20 meter circles and a bit of free walk. So the day before I had this thought that, fuck it, like, I've never actually taught Molly to really do a Santa I don't even really know how straight she goes to be honest so I just thought I'd better find that out anyway it turns out she's really very good so she did a bit of center line practice at home and that was fine and then we went to the show we did the walk trot test and she was really good and she did the whole thing she did center lines and everything she got seven to everything and I was delighted had not at any point up to having completed my first test bothered to look at the second test and it's not that it was a difficult test because it's a prelim I mean you know really but it had all kinds of matcha in it. And one of those things was a 20 meter circle um, in a stretched trot on a long rein. And I was like, oh fuck. Um, so I'd only taught a free walk really the day before. I'd only taught a center line the day before. And she had taken it all on board and been very sort of, you know, given it a good go and that was grand. But letting go of the reins to this extent at the horse's first show really wasn't in my plans anyway, even if I had read the test. And, but she was being so good and I got to that point in the test and I thought, oh, fuck it, I better just, I just, I don't know what will happen. Maybe if I let go of the reins, I'd be really brave now and I'll let go of the reins and see what happens. 
and I was expecting it to like fall over or bump me off. And I don't know what books or YouTube tutorials that horse has been reading. I swear to God, I let go of the reins. She stretched down into this lovely stretchy trot. She maintained the stretchy trot for the 20 meter circle. And then I picked her back up and then she came back up and then she finished the test. And I was like, holy shit. I'll take that. <laughs> How do you know this? How do you know this? How did, where did you learn that from? And she's like, well, you told me to do the free walk. And then you told me to do the free walk in trot. So just did that. And I was like, this thing is a genius. Like, so firstly, my horse is a self-training horse. And secondly, I'm such a wanker because who does that? Who only looks at their dressage test like seven seconds before they go in the arena? I have a really, really bad memory. Yeah, I so couldn't do that. That's how I do it though. So if I have to do a dressage test, I have to cram it for like 10 minutes before I go in and then I have it. I would but I won't it. be able to tell you the test 20 minutes later. I'm not a clue. I don't know. That's just, I've learned how to do it. I can't like do it any other way. It doesn't work for me at all. Um, but yeah, in I went and I was like. See, I think this is because you train, you've trained her really well. And so no, she just. It's not. No, takes it's on board. not. She's just. You, you have to big of... yourself up. Yes. Um, I No. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> she was amazing. She was amazing. But how lucky I was that she was so generous because lots of. Them you didn't drop happened. your reins and just disappear off into the fucking distance. Fuck me. Like, what the hell? And I mean, as I said, but who does this thing? I really need to, to have a better attitude towards going to dressage. So that's a pretty shit wanker of the week, kind of, but I was, and it would have been much cooler if it had been like, I let go of the reins and then the horse spooked at a pigeon and I fell yeah. off and I had to go to A&E for a sit down on the sandwich. It would have been much cooler if I'd done that. So it's a bit Could of you maybe work on that for next episode? I will, but for the rest of the world, it's a complete anti-climax that my horse did the thing it was supposed to do. <laughs> but I, I need you to understand that for me, this was like a miracle happening. Okay. So yeah, I need to do better. I need to definitely need to do better. So we had a wanker of the week, but we do need some more stories. Um, Krista asked on our social media, um, but we do really need some more stories from you. Um, but we had a really good one. Um, it's just a quick one, but sent in on Instagram by, hang on, let me see if Krista can read it. Is she the Spanish lady? Yeah. Is it? Spanish I don't know how to pronounce her name but she's very very nice I'm really struggling like Mente Riendas she said um this story happened to a friend so I don't know if it's cheating but it's too good to be kept in secret so her friend wanted a foal from her mare and was looking at different stallions to see which one would be the best um and she said let's say that she's not the greatest at speaking English they're Spanish um, but she decided to contact a breeder in Germany without asking anybody to proofread the message and check that it was okay. Um, and so what she actually messaged to the, um, the yard was, <laughs> I'm looking for a male to ride. Do you have any available? <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's how you fund your, <laughs> your career right there. <laughs> Oh my god! I've just got visions of like people being like, "Let me see a let me see a photo." Yeah, like I'm game. Like she'll have like a load of, <laughs> <laughs> she'll get a load of inbox like pictures sent back, and she'll be like totally confused. Why am I getting she'll all have, these random men? <laughs> yeah, she'll have a list of stallions, just not the type she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have thought they were Christmas yeah. come at once. 
I bet they did. I bet they did. Yeah. Oh goodness, I don't know. Like a bonus is that? Is that ship. Oh my god! Sorry, I, can, can you hear that? Project? Yes, you can. Oh yeah. my god, that's Argolam. Oh, okay, cool. So Argolam, that should be fucking one of the week. That escapes permanently. It can get out of its pen, and it brings the other two lambs with it, and it Sheep. knocks on the door. And Ben's mum is called Maria. And she's the one who's been bottle feeding it. Because obviously I've got Seb. I can't cope with the lamb as well. And I swear it says Maria when it comes to the door. <laughs> <laughs> but it gets increasingly arsy in its mare. So it starts with like, Maria. I would quite like a bottle. Maria. But she's weaning it at the minute. So now it's like, Maria, I'm starving. <laughs> so unhappy and cross so that's what yeah. it's doing it's tried maria and it's now coming to my door and barring at me demandingly i i have to say sheep are really funny she uh, individual sheep people may not know this individual sheep are remarkably intelligent yes sheep in a group less so becomes they're only the sum of the smart they're the sum of the of the lead the, the sheep. intelligence of the entire herd of the lead sheep is only as great as the smartest sheep in the herd and in a herd for some reason they're really dim but i tell you the best pet i've ever had ever was pet lamb yeah it was so amazing it was the best thing ever it was great crack it was it was like i was like the cast of faraway home everywhere i went i had the horse the dog the sheep it used to come into the arena when i was lunging i used to stand in the middle and just walk round around with me we taught it to jump we used to build like jumps out in the yard and we taught it to jump yeah, used to come into the house. Oh, it was best work ever. They are, like, really clever. Poor Granda Joe, who has lived in, like, a town all of his life and now at 92 <laughs> has moved up here. And he came out for a barbecue at the weekend and I was catching Ohio. Um, and Ohio was being chased by um, Ben's brother's golden retriever and the lamb was in hot pursuit of the golden retriever. And I thought this poor yeah. man who has, like never lived in the country his entire life and at 92 was just like watching like a procession of animals pass his front door just kind of like what the fuck yeah wondering has he popped off his perch and landed in some kind of really funky existence that's, like that's what i'm saying like, other dimension yeah yeah that's so ben's brother are you saying to are you saying to luke um is your dog here and he was like, yeah, my dog's that one between the horse and the lamb. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they are. I, I um, My pet sheep in a, in a very fitting, fitting, I suppose, activity, it, it died because it hung itself in a tree, trying to climb a tree to get to some, I don't know, I presume branches. I don't know what was going through its sheepy head. And it got its legs stuck in the tree and it tried to free itself. And in its efforts to free itself, it broke its shoulder. Aww. I was so, yeah. I, but only it doesn't happen to a bad one. I'm telling you, if it had been a bad sheep, yeah, wrong side of the sheep tracks, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. To be fair, ours nearly killed itself um, a few days ago because it got entangled in the football net because it let itself into the back garden. <laughs> <laughs> And then it was it was quite a panicky. Mary, Mary. <laughs> Why? I'm no good at football. 
Um, Rita today, we have a hard plastic bucket and with Rita, was one of the, it was one of the feed buckets. And I swear to God, this sounds like I'm hallucinating. She had knocked it over, so it was upside down. And she's a bit of a, she's a, bit of a trick, but she's, well, we, yeah, she's a bit sheepy as well at times. She put her two front feet up on top of this hard plastic bucket. And then she kind of like did like a downward facing dog to stretch herself. And then the bucket slipped and it flipped up in the air and it kind of hit her in the nose and she shot backwards. And I'm like... On one of these rare occasions, I've witnessed this absolute nonsense, and I'm not sure if it's, what I'm looking at is what actually happened. And I wonder if I... What do they do when we're not looking? What class of crap are they going on with when we're not out there? Yeah. It's like Wallace the sheep in Wallace and Sean's yeah. sheep. That's what Wallace they're like. Yeah. yeah, doing formations on motorbikes and <laughs> renovating houses. That's what they're doing when we're inside. I'm telling you. Oh, I think on that note, I mean, how can we top that, really? That's yeah, that's the place to end, isn't it? Um, yeah, so please keep your stories coming in um, and your questions. We're going to do another listener question episode soon because we've got loads of good questions. Um, but keep them coming in to Book Off Banter on Instagram and Facebook and bookoffbanter at gmail.com for your longer stories. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.